Hey everybody, you're listening to So Many Sequels. I am Josh. I am Andrew. I'm here. <laughs> we haven't been here in a while. Nope, this is uh, our first week back after a short break. We took a week off in between new episodes. Uh, we we were out of town. We visited the, the great city of Chicago. That was a lot of fun. The Windy Apple, as they yeah. say. Yeah, it was neither that windy, nor did I have an apple. Nope. No. Just a little windy yeah. that time. I don't know. Our last episode was a bonus episode of Oceans 8. Hopefully everybody enjoyed that. I know I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. I enjoyed watching it, and I enjoyed talking about it. It was a good It was a fun movie. But, like I said, th- oh, I actually don't think I said. This week we're talking about Mission Impossible. <laughs> I don't think I said that. I don't think we no. did. No. No, no, no. This week we're talking about Mission Impossible, the first movie in, the, in Tom Cruise's action hero franchise based on the tv show of a long time ago i don't remember do you know andrew when mission impossible the show was out i think it was like 1968 that feels right i don't know 68 yeah somewhere in there it it wasn't it wasn't on for very long no it made its presence known this movie came out may 22nd 1996 and stars tom cruise john voight um who else uh you remember i was trying to pull the list uh, Ving Rhames. Ving Rhames. Jean Reno. There you um, go. Emilio Estevez. For, for a hot minute. For a, for a very brief second. Yeah, we actually... Uh, I was just thinking, man, I like Emilio Estevez, and then he died. Yep. So, that was fun. Yep. That was fun. In this movie, we find uh, Tom Cruise plays an agent for IMF, the Impossible Missions Force, which is such a silly name. Oh, what a terrible name for anything. Yeah, that's really... I didn't realize that's what they were called. That's not good. Yes. It's very bland. Uh. Well, I mean, his missions are impossible. Yeesh. He does it anyway. Yeah. Uh, it, they're uh, doing a... They're on a mission, basically. Yada, yada, yada. Everyone on the team dies except Tom Cruise. Uh, Tom Cruise is Ethan Hunt. So, so it seems. Uh, he is blamed for being a mole and spoiling the operation. And he go t- uh, goes on a task to find out who the real mole is. Mm. You said that like you didn't know. No, no, You're no. Like, oh, I'm, really? I'm, he didn't. I'm, hmm. I'm just agreeing. Oh, hmm. I'm just agreeing. How about that? I'm just agreeing. Of course, as we go through the movie, we find out that not everyone else died on the mission. Some people did survive. <sighs> most notably, John Voight's character of uh, what was his name? Jim. 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 Uh, Jim Phelps. He's like the the leader of the team. So this movie was timed, or us doing this movie is timed well because Mission Impossible Fallout is out right now. Uh-huh. I still always forget if it's five or six. That's uh, six. Six. Mission Impossible Six yeah. is out right now. So we got a little ways to go to catch up to it, but hopefully, fingers crossed, we catch up to it yeah. before it before it's too far gone. Uh, what do What do we like about this movie? I thought it was pretty. Uh, I thought it held up all right. You know, a 1996 action film. It's got some decent effects. Mm-hmm. Not the best, but yeah. decent. It's got good action sequences. Um, I know when we... Uh, I'm just... I'm putting words in people's mouths now. Well, no. There's a lot of tension in this movie. I, I, uh, uh, as, you, as you go along, you figure out... It's not... I mean, as far as action is concerned, the action is basically through the tension. And it really gets on your... It really... It really like tightens your nerves, especially in certain sequences, like it's in the uh, in the sequence where the uh, Tom Cruise is suspended over the oh yeah over the computer. It's like an iconic scene. It's an icon. I mean, it's it pretty much sets the tone really for any 
for for all of the Mission Impossible movies. Like that is iconic as well as Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. So that and the train sequence at the end and the sequence where everything goes wrong in the very beginning. Oh yeah. So that was crazy. That was a shit storm. Garrett? <laughs> I'm I'm trying to find my notes because oh, for, okay. for me I was I was uh, a little bored with it until the suspended scene. Like mm-hmm. that's whenever it really picked up, but otherwise for me it just kind of dragged to start. Mm. And I was like, okay, this is neat. And then he was suspended in uh, the chaos with uh, one of the henchmen and their little uh, spat, or, or they got into like a, a rivalry kind of a thing about who had the actual knock list. And then uh, Ethan Hunt showed his David Copperfield skills and was able to make it disappear, make the guy think that he didn't have the real disc whenever he actually did. So I liked that little tension amongst, you know, two strangers working together for the first time. You'd come to find out that that guy was a plant for Jim later down the line. That was neat. Uh, I liked the casting of Ving Rhames only because he's such a big guy. And in any movie that I've ever seen him in, he's always like the enforcer and the the ass kicker. Mm-hmm. And this time he was the, the tech guy. And he was the computer guy and not there to be the muscle. So I thought that was really good different kind of way to cast him you know i honestly can't name another ving rames movie right off the top of my head (laughs) but i feel like this is one of maybe his earlier movie choices i don't know how if he was around before that or not but i just feel like it's an interesting choice to put him such a big guy in that role he was in uh he was in out of sight which was a couple years later which starred um george clooney and directed by steven soderbergh yeah he was in he won a golden globe for don king who during the ceremony, he gave the award to Jack Lemmon. Oh, okay. So when did that come out? That was ninety-seven, I believe. Okay. Nice. I, I he did. Do he did several movies before Mission Impossible. Whether they're significant, I don't know. The ones. I mean, it says he was in Pulp Fiction. He was. Uh, he was yeah. Marcellus yeah. Wallace. Yeah. Um, I honestly don't recognize a lot of these other ones, so they. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I forgot about Pulp Fiction. Yeah. yeah. I just think it was, it was How a nice. How dare you? I know. A nice way, because like if you look at the people that they brought in after they went down, uh, all the original team died, and he had to work with other people. They had the guy that he got into a fight with. I can't remember his name. He looks like he's a skinnier dude. Looks like he would fit more of the the nerdy tech guy. But they went a different route, and I was proud of them for that. Mm-hmm. Stereotypes shouldn't exist, but they do. They do, unfortunately, in a lot of ways. Um, when we talked, we talked about this as a group after, after seeing the movie and it was brought up a lot that the movie was kind of confusing. The plot was confusing. Let's talk about that a little bit. And we also found that, you know, other people online had said similar things that they found it confusing. Mm -hmm. Thoughts? Um, when finding out the mole, when I, when finding out the mole, especially in the beginning, whenever they're in the restaurant and you know, Kittredge, Kittredge is trying to find out, you know, who the mole is, and he's suspecting that maybe it's Hunt. And I thought there were things there that were there. I thought there were things there that were a little, a little. I don't know. They did it, for me. It didn't make sense. And where it starts out from is just he uh, Hunt is trying to figure out where uh, Hunt's trying to figure out where like if Kittredge is, is, is being real or not. And mm-hmm. that, that kind of threw me for a loop. 
The other thing is, is when he was talking with Jim, um, after he discovers that Jim is alive and there's that flashback scene, I think that flashback scene in general really threw me off. Okay. So, because it, it, when you go to the flashbacks, you're envisioning what's going on inside Jim's head, or not, not Jim's head, but Ethan's head, but also when uh, that he's trying to like kind of trick Jim. So that 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 made that that made me a little confused there for okay. a little bit. Okay. So. It's just me. Yeah, I'd agree because Ethan was talking about he was working out the whole plot situation of what Kit Rich did, but you were seeing John Voight obviously being the bad guy and the guy that Ethan got into a fight with in the second team, I'm going to have to figure out his name because that's not helping. Cregan or something like that. Um, He was there and he stabbed somebody, but Ethan is not narrating what we're seeing so that was kind of weird but then we find out later that Ethan knew the whole time that Jim was still alive and that Claire may or may not be on the good side or the bad side and it was just convoluted and I, I don't know it it was weird there they didn't really clarify no. who who knew what what you were supposed to be seeing until the very end and that middle part just seemed to throw everything into a whole loop of confusion mm-hmm. yeah 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 on the topic of things that I, I did enjoy, though, uh, I really want to talk about that some of the action sequences in the film because I thought they were really cool. The the biggest being, I think, that train scene at the in, toward the end of the movie where Ethan Hunt is on top of the train. Um, who is up there with him? Was it someone? Who, Jim is Jim. It, it was, was Jim. Jim. Jim is up there with him, and you get a pseudo realistic look at how this would be. A lot of movies have these train heist whatever things where they're running around on the top of a train while it's moving and that's just not how that would work and i like how this movie they're like clinging on for dear life while this train is barreling down the tracks uh you know their co- their clothes are flying all over the place they're just trying to hold on they're not having a full-fledged stand-up fight like you see in movies a lot so i thought that was cool it gets a little uh toward the ridiculous when the helicopter comes in and it follows them into the tu- well it doesn't follow them well it gets it, was, it gets connected it to the pulled. train and pulled into the tunnel, but the pilot manages to like maintain for a while, and that's well interesting. Yeah, he maintains. <laughs> he goes through this whole thing. Um, he then there's an oncoming train that he somehow avoids at the same time. It was crazy, uh, but whatever. Action yeah. movies yeah. are allowed. It to was get cool. A I, silly. It was cool. I honest, I thought about that for a second. If he was to actually rescue Jim and get out of that tunnel, how the hell is he going to get out? Just turn right around and go back. Well, there's another train coming on. I think you mean talking about the helicopter. Yeah. I think he hoped to not go into the tunnel at all. I know. Yeah. I, I know. I think he was hoping to get it done with before then, mm-hmm. or to you know go over the tunnel. Yeah. And come back when they came on the other side. But mm-hmm. that's not how that worked when you get hooked on the train. <laughs> <laughs> you go where train goes. <laughs> but it was fun. I like at the end of it where uh, the helicopter blade is like. Stops right at Tom Cruise's neck. Uh-huh. I'm illustrating for an audio thing. I don't know why. And the the conductor in the back just faints. <laughs> it's funny. Uh-huh. Until it's funny. I also liked a lot of intense moments in the movie, such as the scene, I think they were at a dinner table or something, and Tom Cruise pulls out the stick of gum. Yeah. I was on the edge of my seat for that. The movie does really well with thrills and, and intense moments. 
I thought this. I thought the gum bum was humorous mm-hmm. to me because it's just so. It's another one of those like ridiculous kind of things where like it's not that can't happen. But I guess it, maybe I yeah. don't know. It's one it's of just those... silly action. Like you know, there's a certain. I have this weird thing with movies where like you create a reality that I can accept. Like, all right, you know what? It's a little silly that a helicopter can get attached to a train and go through a tunnel and not explode in an oncoming train. You know what? That's, like, silly and out over the top, but, like, I'll believe it. But, like, making a bomb out of a piece of gum, you lost me there. Yeah. That's where you lose me. I don't know if that's a holdover from if that was in this show or something and it was, like, a throwback. I will say it is kind of a a Bond-esque type of gadget. You know, James Bond has a lot of strange gadgets like that watches that do wild things and yeah. and whatnot so it could be a product of the time it being uh the y'all go back and watch some 1990s action movies and this is the kind of stuff you see yeah you know the, the bond franchise was ridiculous at the time at the time too uh, in the pierce brosnan years coming out around this this same period so yeah i think i don't know i think they just had some silly uh spy gadget type things in there it's like Inspector Gadget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. But it just, I mean, uh, Mission Impossible is America's answer to uh, James Bond because James Bond's British. And you know, I don't know. Is that is that true? Or are you just saying that because I, I feel like I that's an that, interesting concept. I think that is true because, like, you know, if you look at it, it uh, uh, Mission Impossible is a product of is a product of American television. I mean, it was a television series first, whereas James Bond was a novel that was released in Britain by uh, Ian Fleming, and it was later picked yeah. up by United Artists. What is what? What are you saying? United <laughs> Artists was the was the studio that picked up United Artists. Are you just hold on to a lot of James Bond facts that I didn't know about. I I, I didn't know you were such a such a fan. I was, trying to, I was just trying to scroll through some, some Mission Impossible information to see if it may have been an answer to to uh, to James Bond, but I don't know. I don't know. That's an interesting idea. I think the I think it's fair to say the film franchise may have been. Yeah, I mean... Especially, they could have been... So You know how, like, when Star Wars was successful, Paramount was like, hmm, maybe we should bring Star Trek back. Yeah. And they did Star Trek movies as an answer to Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. It's possible that yeah. Mission Impossible could have been the same thing. I don't really know. Yeah. That's I mean, fun. I mean, Star Wars, I think, is why we have Star Trek movies. So, yay. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> we talked a little bit about Emilio Estevez being mm. in it. That's like the first note I have is I didn't know Emilio Estevez is in this. And then just making predictions about the movie at 7.40, 7 minutes and 42 seconds into it, I wrote, I call Emilio as a traitor. And then almost, I don't know, 10 minutes, not, not quite 10 minutes, less than that, uh... Emilio was impaled and killed in the elevator shaft. Yeah. That was upsetting. We watched it a little bit ago before we left for the trip, so I, I don't really remember. Well, did he have the most gruesome death? I feel like he did. Violent. He, he, like he got smashed death. in an elevator shaft. Yeah, he was impaled. By a speeding, flying up the, the yeah. shaft elevator, slammed yeah. into the, the roof with the spikes and stuff. Yeah. Oh, Emilio. You know, that's why you shouldn't be on the roof of an elevator. Though. Ever. I keep telling myself that. And yet you find yourself there all the time. Sometimes, hey, I don't know how I survived it, but <laughs> one of my favorite lines in the movie, and I don't know why I've never heard this before, because I feel like it should have 
been like a 90s big time on t-shirts talk to the hand no like yeah that (laughs) level level. asta lasagna don't get anything on you that's what he emilio said whenever he was talking about the gum bomb he said asta lasagna don't get anything on you and i think that should come back i wonder if uh man did he i want to i want to believe he tried to start that he should he should be like he should get on that train He's not relevant For some right reason, now. it's I don't even remember it. I don't even remember that line. <laughs> I should because that's che- ridiculous. He, he, he it was is. chewing the gum, like he was showing how the gum was, and like he was showing Hasta lasagna. Don't and, get any on. And that. then like he just he hands the gum to him. He says, "You know, red light, red light, green light. You mash them together. Any lock you need to." Hasta <laughs> lasagna. Don't get any on. That's so funny. Just don't I'm, chew I, it. I googled it, and there's nothing else. It's all Mission Impossible stuff. So I don't think they really lifted that from any anything. Wow. Should have caught on. This is that's Man. the biggest upset. This is straight up for that's, me. That's some Garfield level lasagna stuff. Yeah. I don't know about that. Maybe we bring it back. We could just start saying it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't know how often you find yourself in a situation where you're hoping someone doesn't get something on them. Well, you could just but, use it for any kind of generic going away. Be like, Asta lasagna, don't get anything on you. Talk to you tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Freak. And then you don't talk to that person. I'm going to drop again. it sometime and or see do. what the reaction is. Yeah. Asta lasagna, see you tomorrow. Well, that doesn't rhyme. That was awful. <laughs> you basically just took what I said and took out the second half. I'm just trying to make more. I just trying to make more context. See you tomorrow. (laughs) No, no, just bend bend the word a little bit. Do it. it Eminem does. We're not going to do a slant rhyme. We're better than that. Completely took the second half of the saying out. Uh, It's got to be an ah. It's got to end in ah. Hasta lasagna. See you tomorrow. (laughs) That's awful. That is awful. (sighs) I try. So as we go on and, and see these movies, I've never seen any of these movies except Ghost Protocol. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to some of them. I know yeah. some of them are, are not great. Some of them are better. Uh, but I feel like this, so this franchise has been around since what, 96? Is that when this one came yep. out? And, I, and they've released six movies, which I think is interesting because it seems like they've taken their time and they've not oversaturated and people are still really excited about them. And it still stars um, Tom Cruise. It's not had a bunch of different people involved in it uh, other than like, as far as like the main hero. It's not like Bond where they've transitioned it across the various people. As we go through this, and obviously I think Andrew's the only one of us that's seen Fallout so far, and so if if this is a question that you can't answer, don't. But I pose, do we think that as Tom Cruise is getting older, I think in this most recent one, you know, he still does his own stunts. He broke his foot jumping from one roof to another roof. And, and as he's getting older and can't necessarily do these things, is this a franchise we think will die with Ethan Hunt? Or do we think someone will take it over and they'll try to keep going with it? Okay, first of all... Uh... The idea of Tom Cruise aging is a myth. <laughs> I, really, I don't see proof. He does look he better re- with age. He really has not aged. Like, um, uh, just take a look at uh, just just take a look at the Outsiders and take a look at Fallout. I mean, yeah, he's maybe he aged doesn't a, look that different. He does not look that different. That's true. So, like he said, you're the only one who's seen Fallout, so don't do not enter any spoiler territory. I'm not going to. I'm not going to spoil it. Um, I was just looking, and there are set like there were. It took four years between 
Mission Impossible and Mission Impossible 2. Six years between two and three. That's interesting. Six, seven, eight, nine, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Five years between three and four. Four years between four and five. And then three, three to four years between five and six. Yeah. So they, they're taking their time. Mm-hmm. I I don't know what Fallout ends like. I don't know if they leave a door open or they close. I don't know anything about that. Um, but I feel like it's totally reasonable to think they could keep going a little while longer. I mean, based on this time frame, we're looking at maybe 2021 at the earliest for another Mission Impossible movie if they stick with this kind of thing. Yeah. And that would put Tom at... He's, 50, he is, he's 54 right now. He is not, but good guess. He's 56. <laughs> Never mind. Just pull in, you just pull out facts and you're not going to get them all. <laughs> I shamed him. I shamed him good. He's 56. <laughs> so that would put him at dang near 60 at the next Mission Impossible movie. And if you take a look at him, he does not look 56. He looks like... No, he don't look a day over 40. No, he really quite doesn't. frankly. Yeah, he doesn't look a day over 40. Um, I agree. So, I don't know. We see other stars who... I mean, Harrison Ford is well into his 70s and manages to do stunts still. Can Harrison Ford do Mission Impossible level stunts? Probably not anymore. But they might find ways to, uh, I don't know, lessen some of the action for Tom's character. They might start resorting to more stunt doubles. I think they're going to... I don't know why they wouldn't try to keep doing them until... I don't know. That may not even be on their radar, like, the idea of replacing him yet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it... You be careful. I know, but all all I'm saying is is that with with each movie, with each movie... The action gets raised to a higher degree, so you have to to for for him to keep doing that. I don't know. I mean, because the first one is more plot driven. Uh, all of them have all of them have a t- pretty decent plot, um, but the first one in general was more rel- was more centered around the plot and dialogue, and we get bursts of action, and it just keeps going up from there. Yeah, but. Um, I don't know. That's a I mean, that's I th- a decent question. I think they could replace him if it needed to be. I don't think Mission Impossible needs to be Ethan Hunt. You could no. you could put someone else. They might reboot it. Another yeah yeah they could reboot it with another Ethan Hunt. I don't no. know. I yeah and the movies still make money. They're still critically acclaimed. People still seem to love them. So I'm sure that they will do it until Tom says no. <laughs> I don't know what I don't Which, know what else. I don't know. I don't I don't think I don't think he's gonna say no because this is his biggest like thing yeah that's true he doesn't have does he try to think of what other franchises or tom cruise franchise i don't uh, top gun yeah and that's only recent that they are even doing a second one Um, so prior to like last year yeah um, he's done he hasn't done a lot of like and i don't don't think he's done a lot of sequels no he honestly this is the only i think this is the only thing he's ever done a sequel with now you'd be careful i could be wrong like that i could no jack reacher jack reacher oh see yep we were wrong jack reacher uh, is not as popular as mission impossible but i think that's another thing that people seem to enjoy Mm -hmm. Mm, i'm just scrolling through his filmography real quick and i don't none there aren't any other ones popping out and jack reacher only has two movies right jack reacher and jack reacher never go back i think so yeah so yeah, I think that those are the only two. <laughs> I forgot he was in Austin Powers and Gold Member. <laughs> yep, I don't see any others. I think that's it. So yeah, you're right. This is this has got to be his biggest money maker. Mm-hmm. 
Well, let's talk about 1996, shall we? What else was out that week? What else came out with Mission Impossible? How much money did it make? Yada, yada, yada. All that fun stuff. I think Toy Story was still in theaters. Yeah, don't act like we haven't talked about this already. What are you talking about? (laughs) We don't... Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. May 22nd, 1996. Twister. Twister was the number one movie at the box office with uh, $49 million. That's a classic. I almost wish it had a sequel just so we could talk about it. I do like Twister. I do like Twister, too. It's a fun movie. It is. Mission Impossible debuted at number two with $18 million. It, it debuted at number two. Yeah, but Twister, Twister, like we've said, you know, Twister was the the movie of 1996. Yeah. It, um... Second highest grossing behind Independence Day. Yeah. I was trying to... Where's, where's, where's my 1996? There we go. Okay, so we'll check this out that. This movie made like $180 million. Yeah, Mission Impossible in the in, domestically did make $180 million. It made $457 million worldwide. So it did well. It did well. There's no debating that. Flipper came in at number three. <laughs> another movie based on a TV show. Uh, Flipper did not do as well. No. Breaking in at $20 million domestically. Stars I don't even remember that. Stars Elijah Wood and Paul Hogan. Oh, boy. The Craft. <laughs> don't know what that is. It's, it's a witch movie. The Truth About Cats and Dogs. What do you think the truth is? Uma uh, Thurman and Janine Garofalo? Yeah. Interesting lineup there. I think Dave Chappelle's in that. Really? I think so. Hmm, I'm not going to check. Uh, then we got Heaven's Prisoners, Primal Fear, The Birdcage, Executive Decision, and James and the Giant Peach, which is a favorite of mine. I love James and the Giant Peach from when I was a kid. I've never seen that. Really? Yeah. I've seen the Nightmare Before Elm Street. Nightmare Before <laughs> Christmas. Okay. What does that, what have, does that have to do with James and Giant Peach? Made by the same people. Disney? Uh, I mean, James director. and the Giant Peach is Disney. Tim Burton did this? Yeah. Or No, Tim Burton didn't direct. Uh, it was Henry Selleck. Yeah. But he did produce it. There's his name right there. The night, what, the nightmare before Christmas. Is I am pointing to a computer, by the way. <laughs> you don't have to get all into their ears. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, Henry Selick. Tim Burton gets a lot of credit for the Nightmare Before Christmas for and someone he, who didn't direct and it. And he shouldn't do. He shouldn't. It's really. He even crazy. gets his name on it. Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Fun fact. That's wrong. Yeah. Anyway, other big hit movies of 1996 do include Independence Day, uh, which is another recent franchise because they just did a sequel last summer or the summer before i don't remember it was a couple of years ago i did not watch it uh twister like we said jerry Maguire, another big tom cruise movie that's a good film yeah ransom 101 dalmatians the rock not dwayne johnson though no i can't believe he never made a movie just called the rock not yet after that let's oh gosh the nutty professor and the birdcage a time to kill I don't know. I don't know about a time to kill. Is. Time to kill is based on a book by John Grisham. Oh, well, it there stars you go. a lot of people. Those are the top ten movies of 1996. Sandra Bullock, Samuel L. Jackson, with his famous line, I, "Yes, I yes, I hope they die. I hope they burn in hell." That's a time to kill. Yep. Hmm. All right. Well, cool. That's a look at the box office in 1996. Let's guess the score of this movie because I don't remember it from I the last time I, I looked don't at remember it. Remember it either. Um. I think what I think this might be. I it, mm, Mission Impossible. 
I'm gonna go with a 72. Yep, 72. I'm gonna go with a 75. Man. 60. I didn't care for it that much. I got pulled up. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. What do you? What do we got there then? Uh, sixty-three. Ah. Seventy-one audience. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I know that the new one is way higher than that. Oh, yeah. Man. I think it's the highest one, and yeah, I think the next. I mean, I. I don't know. I've heard two and three aren't people's favorites, and then I really liked Ghost Protocol, and that's the only one that I've seen outside of the first one now. Hmm. The so. o- the only one I haven't seen yet is three. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they how they go. Yeah. I'm excited for three because of JJ. Maybe this is like the Fast and the Furious where they just keep they get getting better. better with better, age, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's about family. <laughs> That's all those movies say. I don't know. We'll get to them one day. Well, I think that wraps up this episode of so many sequels. Okay. Mission Impossible is out of the way. We we need to watch Mission Impossible too and come back next week with that one. Until then, you can find us online at facebook.com slash so many sequels pod and on Instagram. Just search for so many sequels pod. You'll find us there. Leave us uh, comments. We we love to see. Some of you guys have been posting comments on our Facebook page. We love that. We love to see your opinions on the movies and what you think about what we said. And if you think we're totally wrong, you should tell us that too. We love hearing it all. Please keep uh, sharing with us what you think. Best way to do that seems to be on Facebook. That's what people seem to be doing. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree. I'd do. Yeah. You can also leave a comment in the review section on iTunes or wherever you yep, are. Yep, on Apple Podcasts. You can you can leave us a little review there. That helps us out, so they say. Until then. Asa lasagna, don't get any on you. Ah, man! What a nice setup. You should just say that every episode now.